this fierce connection to self, not being afraid to be who you are in all areas of your life. To me, that's someone who's badass. This is your Badass Journey podcast. I am Kareen Walsh, serial entrepreneur, growth strategist, executive leadership coach, and best-selling author. Each week, I will bring you a guest or a thought that will help you align what you love with what you do in order to build that badass life and business you dream of. Welcome to your Badass Journey podcast. Today's guest is Kelly Reese. She's a former CEO turned leadership and transformation coach, as well as a best-selling author of two books, The Destiny Roadmap and The Relationship Roadmap. Kelly and I recently met through one of our amazing networks. And I had to have her on the show because she's so heart-centered in the way that she leads her life today. But most of all, she brings that practice through her retreats, her group coaching, her leadership programs, and is living in Tulum, Mexico because she found a calling to go live her best life there and lead from there and has designed the life that she is really proud of. And most of all, make sure others have points of entry to join her in the work that she's doing in order to help you transform into the life and business that you dream of. So I hope you enjoy today's conversation. It was really a lot of fun for us to toggle between different topics and what we see as coaches in the space and really shed a light on taking the time, stepping out of your comfort zone and really forming the life that you dream of, knowing that there are many possibilities in making it happen once you step into the decision of wanting what's next. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And as always, if this conversation sparks any excitement, aha moments, desire to connect, please do. We'd love to hear from you. Welcome to today's episode of your Badass Journey podcast. Today, I have Kelly Reese with me. Welcome, Kelly. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. You know, it's so awesome to be talking to you today because as I learn more about you and, you know, as we prepare for today's conversation, I mean, there's so much that you've gone through that I know our listeners will benefit from. So the way I love to kick off today's talk is for you to share, you know, your badass journey from however far back you want to go to where you are today. So we can have a little bit more color on what it took to get you here. Wow. Okay. As far mm-hmm. back as I want to go. Thanks. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> so my journey is inextricably linked between uh, my spiritual path and my growth. So my own personal growth. I don't see those as two separate things. I committed to my spiritual path. Uh, and thus the, the growth journey of learning more about myself and going inward at, in 1995. So it was quite some time ago. And since I got on that path, it really has been a learning process of, of me learning to trust, learning to trust my internal guidance, learning to trust myself uh, and what I'm receiving and and learning to love who I am with all my flaws that I identified way back when I was so miserable, you know, and that that misery is what really precipitated uh, me finding a new way. <laughs> so I was like, "This is not working. <laughs> yeah. I'm really unhappy." And so I took responsibility for the fact that the happiness was was with them within me, you know, it was, I kept looking for, well, when I meet the guy, when I, when I finally get married, when I, you know, have the job I want, all these things, that's, that's when I realized I don't have to have the things in order to be happy. And we didn't have the internet at that time. It wasn't, it wasn't like it is now where, you know, I could go and do a search for how do I become happy kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> yeah. so it was a little bit different, uh, but I got on a path and 
uh, I have stuck to it. So even while I was building a career, a 17-year career in business, I was always, there was always a parallel path of me, whether I was a manager or a CEO, I was also furthering like my spiritual growth. I was, I also became a polarity therapist or a certified yoga instructor. I spent a year doing Kundalini and it was just, I was always growing these like two things in a parallel way. And until it, about three years ago, it became very clear that I needed to align the spiritual path that I'd been on with the work that I do. And uh, the universe, it was just painfully aware. <laughs> yeah. You know, the universe guide, like, guides us all. On the shoulder, yes. Yeah. It's like, oh, there's a tap on the shoulder. Hmm, maybe I should consider that. It's like, no, but now it's a little push. And then it's a shove. And then it's like you're going off the cliff. And so I, I went off the cliff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I had to let that career go, which meant walking away from a six-figure job, running over $34 million organization. And I've been in that career for 17 years. And so that led me to the last three years, which has been an adventure in itself of letting go and release and trust and flow and allowance and (laughs) surrender and limitations and discovering what they are and letting those go. And yeah, yeah, while building a business. Yeah, I, I left that and built a business. So tell us a little bit of the construct of the business that you are running now. So I work with high-achieving women, typically their founders, CEOs, um, executives. I help them show up fully in the boardroom, in life, with their teams. A lot of times they're questioning their voice. They're, They're hesitant to say what needs to be said. And so what I do is I really help them to trust their internal guidance, have confidence in their path, speak their truth, even when it's uncomfortable or scary. That's the work I do with privately with women. And then I also do readings for people as well. Uh, uh, Readings in what manner? Uh, I do Akashic Record readings. I haven't heard about that. Tell me a little bit about that. So the Akashic Records are, it's, uh, it's, it's known as the book of life in the Bible. It's it's been utilized over the centuries. Edgar Casey is the sleeping prophet. He did like 10,000 readings with the Akashic Records. Tesla, um, Einstein tapped into the records for inspiration, uh, guidance. It's the, the way that I utilize it. There's a ton of information in there, but it is the energetic recording of your soul's existence. So everything is accessible in there. And I go, I initially I started going into the records through meditation and I found the records back in 1995 as well, (laughs) 96. And so when I left my job, I knew this was part of the work that I wanted to do because we have access to this wealth of information and it's incredibly underutilized. So I do life path readings and soul profile readings for clients and uh, sometimes the reading is all they need. And we talk about their soul gifts, what they're doing in this lifetime, what they've been doing in between lifetimes, how they can, uh, how can they, how they can align with their, with their soul mission. It's been really gratifying work. And, and I love being able to help people in that way. That's beautiful. It's almost like um, you're unraveling their specific code to lean into and and really see for themselves because a lot of the times we are raised with all the the masking of what we, what people tell us we should be doing you know and the and what we should follow but of course our soul guides us and helps us lead you know guide towards the skill set we need however might not be speaking to what fills us up or what really feeds our soul so that's a really cool practice i can't wait to dive into that more with you offline um, because the, the yeah there's like several different questions I have for myself <laughs> in that realm so I would love <laughs> I would love to learn that and 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 see what that practice feels like um, yeah it's pretty powerful and anyone can, can access imagine. The records that's the amazing thing is I teach people how to access the records as well and Anyone can do it. Some people don't want to take the time to do it because it's a practice, obviously. Right. Uh, the first time you do it, it's not so easy. 
but anyone can access their own records. To read for other people, I got certified and uh, I went through training and that kind of thing. But yeah. um, accessing is available to everyone. It's I always say it's like some people use tarot cards, some people use tea leaves. I use the Akashic record. That's beautiful. Just, yeah. Yeah, that's really great. If we were to go back to that moment in 95 where you were, as you described, kind of pushed over a cliff to go into the life you're, you're living now, you know, that you started to, to, to really connect with your soul's purpose and start to lead a business as well as a lifestyle that, that reflects it. What were the first few months like when you left that high-end corporate job and um, started to dive really into what you're so passionate about today. Yeah, the three years when you went from corporate to entrepreneurial, um, soul-driven lifestyle. Yeah. So as I said, the universe was very persistent. I was the CEO of that organization and uh, the thing that I loved about the work the most was the visioning and like seeing being so far ahead of everything and seeing like what's possible for the for the organization. It took a long time to make change happen in that organization, <laughs> and I was really only affecting change on a personal level for two hundred and thirty different employees. Mm-hmm. And I knew instinctively that I needed to reach more people. I needed to have a bigger impact, and I wasn't having that impact in that job. Mm -hmm. And as I was realizing that, all these things kept happening in the organization where I would say, once we get through this, then we'll be okay. Mm, (laughs) And then the next day, it'd be like maybe a few weeks and it'd be like, oh my God, can you believe this is happening? Okay. Once we get through this, then we'll be fine. We just got to, let's just get, I like, you know, that was like my team thing. Like, let's get through this. And then, you know, and we can do it in an amazing way. And we did. But enough of those, once we get through this, kept happening. But I was like, something is, is not right. And so I was working with an executive coach at the time. And because of the work that I've always done with my spiritual side, I could see where it was leading. It was just really hard for me to walk away. And so I wanted to get very clear that the you know, my round peg was no longer fitting in that square hole of the job. And Mm -hmm. so I worked with an executive coach and I would tell her, like, I can see where this is going. And if this happens, then I'm probably going to have to make this decision, this decision, this decision. And she said, well, what would you do if money was no object? (laughs) I was like, uh, she's like, you could do anything. And I said, anything? Oh God, then I would do readings for people. And she was like, what? That's not what an executive coach is expecting to hear. <laughs> it's like, I love it. like, yeah. like psychic readings. <laughs> yeah. I said, yeah, I've wanted to do them for 20 years. And she was like, well, why don't you? When I was like, I, I don't know. I, I've always wanted to do it, but I've never given myself the opportunity. And so that just kind of got tucked into my back pocket, you know, and in the next few months, Things kept continuing to happen until I, uh, I ended. It was a very stressful job and a very stressful situation that we were going through those things where it's like, we just need to get through this. And the stress was starting to take a toll on me. And I had three fiber tumors growing on my uterus. And I was in the health food world. I was in natural foods. And I've been eating consciously, uh, organically, whatever you want to call it, for more than 20 years before I even got into the industry. And uh, I got into the industry to support my eating habit. So when my health was affected, it was like the universe knew, like, this will be the final thing. If all these other things didn't work, it needs to be her health. And it was. As soon as that happened, I was like, I'm not going to sacrifice my health for any job. I can't. Not after I'd spent so many years focused on, you know, my health and eating well and taking care of myself. And so... That was the final. That was the final nail. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The the biggest nudge of it all is when it does cripple or feel like it's it's deteriorating from the inside mm-hmm. because now you know your soul's been trying to tell you 
yep. something else is out there um, when it shows up in your health. It's it's to me that's one of the first indicators when I work with my clients and even for myself. I mean, I've I've had those high stress gigs that I ended up in the ER for, and then I'd be stressing about being late the next day, even though I had an ER episode from the stress. Like yes. that's how intense it was. Luckily. Again, being exposed to holistic practices and and mindset work and what matters most, basically, and creating that prioritization for self. I mean, it's huge to then really build that fulfilled life and and bring the energy you're meant to bring, you know, into it. No job, no job is worth the health sacrifice. No, it's so true, and yeah. that's what it took for me to to finally say, "I'm done." That's amazing. And then when you were done, had you had planned, you know, did you have like a financial nest egg aside? Like, did you automatically just leave and head to Mexico where you are today? Like what, what, what's, what has happened in the last three years as you've been forming your business? And sort of. Yeah. Tell us. Yeah. I, I, um, I had a, I had a little bit of money and, um, not, not six figures by any means, but I, it was enough to sustain, you know, through, through walking, walking away. And when I left the job, I was invited to go on a trip to Tulum, Mexico. And I had never been to Tulum. I had a friend who said, do you want to head down to Tulum with me in a couple weeks? Um, and I was like, yes. And I didn't know where Tulum was. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I better figure out what I just said yes to. And thankfully it was in Mexico because I love Mexico. So I came to Tulum uh, which is where I live now, uh, just for a brief trip, uh, eight days. It was amazing, completely life-changing. I knew when I was leaving here that I would be back. I didn't know that it would all happen the way that it did. I had to go back because I had a husband. I had a, a life back in California. And at that time, it, it wasn't in mind to walk away but I knew somehow I was going to be back. And I had bowed in the Cancun airport. I was looking towards Tulum and I had tears in my eyes and I just bowed. I'm going to be back within a year. And so it took me 18 months. But in that time, I opened a business with a partner. I sold, my, sold out my half of that business. And then I walked away from my marriage of 12 years. And, and that's when I moved to Tulum. It's amazing. So it was a lot of letting go. And I wrote two books in that time. Yeah. <laughs> Something else I'd always wanted to do. And the, what are your books called? So our listeners can grab their copies. The first book is The Destiny Roadmap. And it is for women who are sitting in jobs wondering if they're supposed to be doing something else. And uh, I write about the place between what was and what will be. So it's sometimes the place where one door closes and another one's open. I call that place the void. I write about how to make fulfilling choices in the void rather than ones that are based in fear or ones where you're like, I got to run backwards. <laughs> this is a very uncomfortable place to be. Um, and so that the first one is called the Destiny Roadmap. And the second one is called the Relationship Roadmap. And that is for women who are in relationships and they are on a spiritual path and their partner not because that actually was the final piece of really convincing me, showing me that I wasn't with a person I was meant to be with anymore. It's amazing awakening I, I've been through. And thank you for sharing your books. We'll, we'll make sure we put them in the show notes so folks can grab their copies. I, I went through a similar stage in life uh, as well, where as, as you start to do the work on self and you start to unravel the layers of discontent, the layers of conforming, um, the layers of neglect, you know, of what your what your soul really wants, and you're just stuck in the doing because that's the role you have. There's a bit of an identity crisis that occurs that requires some unraveling, <laughs> and yeah. I myself also was was I was engaged to somebody um, that within like we got in, we, we I said yes to obviously because we were engaged it was like a christmas time and then I had had the plan for the wedding and everything like I got all excited about that phase cuz I had been doing it so often for everybody else like all my friends my sister like the whole thing right and mm -hmm. I had the wedding planned for the following year and um by that april 
and it was going to be the following April. So I was like, okay, wedding set. Then, then I had this aha of like, well, let me assess what the marriage is actually going to be like <laughs> if I marry this person. Like, I'm all the wedding's all set. It's going to be fabulous and gorgeous, but what's the marriage going to be like? And who am who will I be showing up to and with and for? You know, in that. Mm-hmm. In that time, and um, and so I started to do a lot of that self assessment. I was, you know, on myself, going through my own spiritual awakening and, and connection, and and realized that slowly, not well, I would say, well, maybe fairly quickly for most, but by that November of that same year, I had realized that he was not the person I should marry, and I really need to figure out a way to. End this engagement because the marriage would be a total destructive one if I had continued down that path. And so I had to be bold and confident in, in myself and my connection to me to, and the love that I was discovering for myself, why I had attracted this man into my life for the years we were together, why I said yes to something that was way off base for what I truly deserve in my life. And and then I, I ended the relationship um, the January before that planned wedding that was meant to be the following May, that that May. And it, it was it was something that I really have a lot of pride around that decision process and taking the time to learn me first mm-hmm. uh, before making that commitment with another. And I and also I come from divorced parents. Like I've divorce was always around. Like I've seen dysfunction in relationships. So of course I attracted a lot of dysfunction too, because <laughs> that's what I knew, right? But to learn yes. to learn the self and to learn that foundation of self, um, do the work. And like you said, if the if your partner isn't growing with you or as spiritually connected, it, it can create a breakdown of your own purpose if if you can't grow together. So as yeah. difficult and challenging as it was for you to exit your relationship and realize the differences. Because I, what I realized for me was I actually am now a new person, a new version of myself. And I, I, that new version could not accept the limitations of the person that I was with because I, I foresaw so many more limitations on my own life if I continued to say yes to that relationship. Yeah. So what was the discovery for you as difficult as it must have been to end that relationship? What were you discovering about yourself? And then how did you come up with the, the confidence to move on, you know, to move forward with your life, realizing the chapter with, with your husband was, was ending? Yeah, I so relate to, to everything that you just said too. It's... Uh... The growth, you know, being on a growth, a path of growing and being dedicated to that, it never ends, but you're constantly learning and things are surprising you, but it's like you get to like new levels and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, wow, (laughs) you're pushed through these levels. Have you heard that every level there's a new devil? Yes. So it was, it was, it was one of those processes of exactly like you said, of like the new version of myself didn't no longer worked in the place that I was, which I always say was no longer where I was meant to be. And so for me, the job stress, the building a career, all the things that I'd I'd been doing all along were great distractions from what was really going on in the relationship. And we had an amazing relationship as far as we were great friends. We laughed, we had a good time, but there was always this other piece missing. The um, you know, I, I really couldn't talk to him about the spiritual things and that mattered to me. Uh, he wasn't interested and there was, you know, I, I could go on about all the things that I kind of shoved aside and said, well, they don't matter. And, you know, you compromise in relationships, that kind of thing. Uh, when the job was no longer there, I had, and I was writing a, a book about my first book, The Destiny Roadmap. I had time to focus more on like what was really happening. And one day I was in a meditation and tears were streaming down my face. And I, I did not feel sad at that time. I, you know, things were great. The job stress was, was leaving, you know, it took time to heal from, from that, from that job. And, uh, but 
I was writing a book. I'd hired a book coach. Things were moving along. I had a business. And it was like, why am I sitting here crying? And I got an immediate answer to that question. It was my relationship. That's the only word I heard was relationship. I was like, oh no. Yeah. (laughs) It was like, here I am writing about the void and walking away from jobs that are not fulfilling you and like making these fulfilling choices in the void. And I knew immediately I'm in the void for my relationship. And it was like, now I have to deal with this. (laughs) Yeah. And so I had a courageous conversation with him and said, I, you know, this is how I'm feeling right now. And here's what, what it feels like I need. And, um, I love you. And so that was in February of that year of 2017, I want to say. And then things got a little bit better. And, but by July, the book had published and the book was out in the world. And I was like, Mm, still, still something's not good. It's something off. It was just that internally I knew I was like, this is not okay. And so I rehearsed that conversation, like just the first line. I was like, if I can just get the first line out, then I know that we can have a heartfelt conversation. And I approached the conversation from my heart and, and it, I, I firmly believe that we create the environment in which we live. And so for me, it made, a, it was really important for me not to there was no blame. I was taking responsibility for how I felt in the relationship. And I, the first line that I memorized to tell him was, I'm worried about us. Mm-hmm. And I felt like this is like, it sparks a place in me where I'm coming from my heart and I'm not showing up angry. Like you're not there for me or all these things. We're not having sex, all the things, you know? Yeah. And we had this really beautiful conversation that I was still grateful for today. I write about all of this in the relationship roadmap. And but I'm grateful because for me, it was the first time... It wasn't the first time we had the conversation about any of those things, but it was the first time that I said that it mattered. Yeah. And that that, was really powerful for me. That's huge. Yeah. It's standing in the truth of what isn't working and also the truth of just can't do it anymore. You know, like that we've tried everything. Um, but also in my, in my scenario for that specific time, uh, I remember saying, uh, sitting down with him and saying, I think it's time I move on. There aren't that, um, there isn't much else I feel like we could try and work on. And we had, you know, had those other conversations before, mm-hmm. you know, and what um, came back to me as a response was, I agree. Mm. And I was like, Whoa. like, it just, I mean, it was just an amazing, cause all that tension, all that repetitive, like repeating it in my head, how am I going to say it? You know, and all the, the, oh my gosh, if he's, is he going to break down? Is he going to be angry? Like thinking about all the possible reactions and then to have right. that simple, I agree. Like he had checked out so much, so many like months prior, obviously, because we, there was no growth in what we were doing together. And so to get that response, um, that he agreed, I was like, Oh my God, he's not even going to fight for this. Like then there was the other (laughs) side, right? Then then the ego kicks in and was like, what? You know? Oh my God. I know. I totally get it. I was like, wait, why are you, you're saying go like, (laughs) yeah, you're agreeing. Wait, like, and then what I didn't realize would happen afterwards. And I'm curious if you went through this too, is that, it ended and ended um, uh, um, as nice as cordial as it could, and then I was like almost a hysterical mess afterwards. Like I had never wailed like or cried in the way I cried. Like I, there was such a release that my body needed for trying to hold it together for that long, for that mm-hmm. you know that relationship and the compromising I was making and the acceptance of of his appeasement in our relationship, you know, like all these things where I was not myself in order to sustain it. Um, and so I had this crazy release afterwards. Like I had never really allowed myself previously to feel that emotional connection of um, hurt and dissatisfaction and pain, whatever you want to call it. Um, I'm just curious, did you have any sort of release like that after 
the decision was made and you were kind of going through those, the void, you know, until where you, where you are now. You know, for me, I felt relieved. Mm. I've been walking around for so long, not saying what needed to be said for fear of hurting him because he's a really good man, you know? And I kept saying, well, it's fine. Everything, this is, there's, there's nothing really wrong with the relationship. It's fine. And I kept, and I would tell myself, do you really want fine? Which is then I would have conversations with him to try right. to shift the energy. But I would talk energy, but he didn't talk energy. <laughs> and yeah. So, yeah. You know, that's why I wrote a book about it because when I went to look at like the situation, I'm on a spiritual path and my partner isn't, there wasn't really wasn't anything out there. <laughs> so, and I have a program that I work with. Um, it's called the clear heart program. And I take women through that process of getting clarity. They don't have to make a decision. I found it's not necessary. They just need to have clarity and stop living in that indecision and the uncertainty of like, what do I do? What do I really want? How do I feel? It's just not a place to live. So when I finally had the conversation, I I felt relieved. Yeah. And then I and then I went through the place of why isn't he fighting for this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. I did have that. Yeah. You know? And he was lovely. I, that's when I went to Tulum. That was in August of 2017. And I told him, I said, I want to go to Tulum and I'm gonna spend a month traveling around and see what it's like to work from there. You know, and I think it'll give us some space. And he was like, if that's what you need, then I support you. Yeah. That's amazing. These transitional moments or these in my, in the way I describe it, it's almost like, you know, I had hit the summit of that relationship and then I was ready to climb into the what's next. But truly it was my own personal journey to understand Mm -hmm. and feel like my voice, my truths, what I'm willing to accept, you know, and then the hindsight of looking at that particular relationship and assessing it as to like, well, what really what was it? Like, what was it that attracted me? What kept me in it? And I actually would define it as it was a representation of my pain and, and I, that I was living in that I, that, that year of the engagement was when I was doing the work to really understand what love was, what was a love connection for me? What does um, unconditional feel like to myself, you know, and, and, and realizing all the learned lessons around love of what I had to release, uh, in order to build a strong connection with someone else. And he and I had a similar pain story around love. And that's what we were attracting in each other because yeah. we understood the dissatisfaction of that type of love, uh, and had yet to experience what we truly desired. Um, and so it was an, it was really an eye-opening experience. And I, I appreciate that he was the one that I learned it with. But also being on the other side of it had much more clarity, eyes open to attract who I'm married to now and um, the relationship we have as we are able to grow together. But it's super important because the other question I have for you is after this been three years, which is still somewhat fresh, you know, to go mm-hmm. through such an experience. And then now you're working with amazing women and helping them discover for themselves their personal journey, their desires, their needs, how to go after it. What, hap- uh, what has happened with actually like your other type of relationships, like your female tribe, your girlfriends, your guy friends, your, your, your community? How has that shifted in who you attract in today? and cultivate those relationships? That's a great question. Uh, You know, what I have really been focused on without knowing it in the beginning, obviously, was my relationship with self, which it's funny because uh, when anyone would tell me the most important relationship is the one you have with yourself, I would Mm -hmm. want to throttle them. (laughs) (laughs) You just don't know. You're just like, you know. But honestly, it would frustrate me because I didn't know what that meant. Right. like, well, if you could just tell me what that means, then I'll I'll have a relationship with myself. (laughs) But I, you know, nobody can tell me what, no one could tell me what that relationship meant because it was my own personal journey of discovering my relationship with self. But now that I know and what I do work on with and with my clients is, it's about having your own back. It's about saying what needs to be said, even when it's uncomfortable or scary. It's about knowing your truth and staying true to yourself. And, you know, 
those are the pieces for me that I, that I solidified. And so I haven't been looking for a relationship. I've been spending, I've, I've traveled, which is one of the things I really wanted to do. So since I walked away from the, from the marriage, uh, two years ago, I, Obviously, I moved to Mexico, and but I also have been to Bali. I spent three months in Bali because my work travels with me. Um, I was I went to Italy for a month and traveled around Italy by myself, and uh, I went to the UK and I led a, uh, a retreat there with a bunch of women and spent two weeks in the UK. And I've done retreats here out of Tulum, and it's just been a really beautiful unfolding of the next version of me. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. You're in flow. I mean, yes. yeah. You know, and I have beautiful female relationships in my life. Yeah. I was one of those women in, in high school, especially where I was like, I had women friends, but I was always like a little, like, are you going to steal my boyfriend? Are you going <laughs> to steal my clothes out of my closet? Kind of, you know, I'm a guy's, I'm a girl's guys. What I used to say. I, yeah. I, Hanging out with the guys, but yeah. I have come to. Uh, I still love all my male friends, but I have beautiful, enduring, incredibly supportive relationships with women in my life, and those have been growing for you know the last ten years. Yeah, now there's an, there's an amazing support system here in Tulum. There's about 750 women in a group uh, here in Tulum that they're from all over. We we've. Some of them are from this area, but many of them have come from all over the world and we get together and uh, not all 700 of us at one time, but usually we'll have lunch once a, once a month and there's about a uh, hundred women and it's just an incredibly supportive, beautiful environment. That's huge. I mean, yeah. I, it feeds our soul as women, you know, we need our tribe around us mm-hmm. um, of like-minded that grow together. Um, so I love that you have that, especially in, in, in Tulum, you know, it, it's, it could feel isolating if your life was not constructed there. But the cool thing about your energy is that you will probably always generate connection wherever you go when you want to seek it, (laughs) you know, like (laughs) when you're so in tune with yourself, it becomes this, it's just an energetic flow. You know, at the end of the day, it becomes that simple when you are aligned with who you truly are. Yes. And so I really appreciate oh, you sharing this, uh, the relationship side and the fact that you have a book on that um, because I, I see a lot of folks who, even if the stress is happening in the job, it, it is also something that it could be triggering from the relationships, their mm-hmm. primary relationships in their life. And so it is important to look at it from all angles, how you show up as you interact with others, as you connect, because we can always hide behind what we do. We can always hide behind it. Masking and hiding is not a life to live. Like it it literally will manifest in its destruction somewhere else in your life. Oh my God, it's so true. Yeah. And so it's beautiful that you've you've explored that side too and share share methods and and ways for women to open up. And I'm sure men, even if they read the relationship book you've written, would also benefit as well. Yes. Yeah. There's people who are who are married friends of mine who read the book and they're like, this was actually really helpful for my marriage. And they were they're not confused at all (laughs) about whether or not yeah. So yeah, it's, I noticed too, something incredible began to happen with the women who were in the Clear Heart program is that we only focused, well, we were focusing on, you know, the bigger picture, obviously, but we were focusing on them getting, reaching clarity. And as they came to understand their truths and what they really wanted for themselves and worked on that relationship with themselves and being able to say what needed to be said, so much shifted in their lives. I mean... Some of them walk away from the relationship, obviously, others stay. But mm-hmm. the ones that uh, that had the biggest transformations, obviously, they did the work, one of the important pieces. Uh, but they also, once they had the conversation and they realized like they've chosen themselves and said that it matters, they sold their house, they left the relationship, they moved to a new place, they... Things shifted in their entire lives. They called in a new relationship. Money started to flow. And it was like, oh my God, just from this one thing, 
it was like, it was like taking a, you know, stopper out of the tub. <laughs> yeah. Everything started to flow when they, we got rid of the water that had been stagnant in the tub. Yeah. You know? and it, yeah. Cause it's not just the one thing. It's the thing. Mm-hmm. It is literally the, the constant thing that shows up in all areas of your life is you and how you show up as yes. yourself in it. So of course things start to flow easier when you identify within yourself what truth means to you and and how that can show up in the world and we live in a world right now especially if you're in you know the north america part of of being raised and having access to all that we have access to you literally can design your life to be whatever it is yeah. you know and so to to take um measure and and really check in with yourself and figure out is this the right place for me now? Have I outgrown this version of myself? Is it time to establish another one? Oh, is another version great? Does it fit with this operating system? No, gotta change it. You know, like there's a yes. there's a lot about it. I mean, it's what I work with my clients on all the time. And I think that it's super important to do the work on self and continue mm-hmm. to consistently grow. Because if you, in my opinion, and this is my opinion, it's my show, I can say what I want. I feel like like if you're not growing, if you're not evolving into what's next, you're basically just in a flat line. Yeah. Just like death would be. Except death has darkness. And right now you're just looking at muted colors Mm -hmm. as opposed to the brightness that you could be living every single day. Yes. I'm writing about that right now. When it's stagnant, I start to look around and say... Mm, something's go- what's going on <laughs> yeah yeah i'm in what's the morning here yeah. i tell my clients all the time you must be dedicated to your growth yeah doesn't mean you're like constantly growing all the time there are moments where you know you it, it, it's about flow and yeah. growth comes with the flow because some i have clients say to me at times like when does it get easier it's just like you just keep going growth is a never ending it, it's part of what we're doing here we're always learning Yeah. And it's, it's, this is, you know, each, um, season, right? Like you, you, we, we live through seasons too, Mm -hmm. you know, and sometimes you got to ride the wave of the growth spurt you just had and be like, how's this fit? You know, is one arm longer than the other? Like what's happening? (laughs) And then, and then, you know, figure out the next adjustment when the time is right, but also enjoy the process. You know, like I, after that, I mean, I've had several uh, moments of clarity, change, and definitely in my younger years, I was way more abrupt and more of like a bull in a china shop trying to get get through <laughs> things because I just didn't have the skill. And I probably still could act that way now if I wanted to. And I and I can be quite abrupt when I need to be because I'm just done, <laughs> you know. Yes. And that and that's okay. I accept that about myself because that's who I am. But it there's this there's also the harmony of sitting with it for some time to make sure that it fits, you know, for now. And it might not fit later, you know? And, and so I love that. And I love that you, you, this is, you're living your calling, you know, like you're gifting people with your gifts and it's, it's really cool to see how you're designing your life today, but also inspiring, you know, for those listening that have had that itch that want to, step into that thing that's nagging at them that they should go and try, you know, or they, or they should just stop the bullshit and go into what's true. It's, it's really cool that, that your practices are helping them do that. I have a, I have a topic um, that I'm curious your opinion on or your, your views, um, because it sounds like you and I are similar in the way that we easily would get along with our male friends in life and and being executives and companies like kind of leveraging a masculine energy because I believe mm-hmm. success in business um, requires the masculine energy because that's the energy of kind of the tunnel vision, get shit done until the next thing like that. Obviously, you might have been riding it a little hard when you were you know, the CEO of your firm and you, uh, of your company that you worked for. And it was disconnecting from the feminine energy of inclusion and acceptance and, you know, connection. But I would love to hear from you. How do you today 
toggle between those energies. And as you work with the women that you're assisting through transformation and through change, what have you seen in regards to the integration of masculine and feminine energy in women in order to build that confident life and take those, you know, amazing steps towards what they truly are trying to design for themselves? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love this question. Yes. I was 100% way heavy into the masculine energy when I was running that organization. Uh, It is how I got stuff done. And one of the problems that would happen is I would go home and I didn't know how to shift into being a wife because I had been managing people all day. (laughs) Yeah. I went home and I was managing everything from my partner to the household duties to... I was managing every single detail of my life, which is exhausting. And a lot of times that's what happens when with the clients that I work with when we first start working together is that they start to see like, wow, well, how can I get the flow to happen if I'm managing every detail? And it's just... It comes out of this they're really good at it. So that's the other thing. It feels good because it's like, I'm accomplishing something. Yeah. I call it the the curse of the competent. Yes, it is. (laughs) So I love that. (laughs) It so is because it's like, God, this feels great. I love, I love making lists and checking stuff off of my list, you know? Um, And I love having 10 plates spinning and knowing that they're all spinning and I've got it. You know, that it's all of it. Yes. So what was missing for me was uh, was that feminine energy. And, and it came in to in ways that uh, I still use my intuition in my job. And so that for me is the piece that uh, really helped me see that I needed more of this in my life. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. yeah. over here on the left is the, there's a feminine energy. And this over here on the right is like masculine driving woman is exhausting herself and growing fibroid tumors on her uterus, you know, yeah, yeah. not working. And so I really had to bring myself back to what my needs were and, uh, and look at it because I don't believe that we bring them into balance. I believe that we, uh, we bring them in harmony. Yeah. So that we can, we know when it's time to call our masculine energy to choose from that side rather than the feminine, because it does, it does serve a purpose. Both of them do, but when we're too much into one than than the other, that's where it can get out, you know, out of whack. Uh, And I have a chapter in my book in the relationship roadmap about the, the bringing the masculine and the feminine energy into harmony. And so for me, it was about trusting myself, which meant I had to really trust my intuition and trust what I was feeling, even though for me, it meant on the other side of that, I might walk away. I had to be willing to uh, answer the the inconvenient questions. You know, it's like, oh, I don't really want to consider this. Uh, but that was really what it was about for me. It's like, I'm feeling this and I know I'm feeling this and I trust, I have to trust what I'm feeling, even though it's scary, even though stepping into the unknown and without a plan and not really knowing I have to trust. And I, for me, the trust, it's like my, my little mantra. (laughs) If I, if I feel myself getting too far into like pushing and driving forward and I got to make this happen kind of feeling, I catch myself and I'll stop and I just say, trust Kelly. Yeah. And it just instantly softens me. It brings me right back into that, that feminine energy of like, oh, I don't have to push. Yeah. <laughs> what am I doing? And things flow better when I'm not pushing them. <laughs> yeah. My word had to be surrender. As a former control freak... Because if you saw my if you saw my office space right now, as it truly is, it's a hot mess. And nor, and back in the day, I would control like everything had to be in its place. Like there was oh, yeah. and that was just very much like regimented, and it was exhausting. It was so exhausting. I and, know. Wow. And, yeah. <laughs> so I had to. Yeah. So I like the. I love you know the word trust. And I used to, I, I would, when I first started to tap into my feminine, because I was, you know, a high masculine energy too. And, and I was in the tech space. So it was a very masculine 
energy around me. And I felt like in order for me to succeed, I had to mirror that energy to be recognized as equal in the room. That was the story I was telling myself. And then I remember having this aha moment. Maybe it was like about three, three or four years into my career. So luckily, I've been my intuition has guided me from a young age. But that about that yeah. fourth year into that career, I was like, "Oh my god, it's freaking amazing being a female in a leadership role that knows how to toggle between the masculine and feminine." Because mm-hmm. most of my team would be like, "Oh my god, you're such a mother hen! Like you're always caring for us, and you're you're so motherly and nurturing." And then, but then, like when I came around with that face, you know, where it was like, oh, you fucked up. (laughs) And I had that side of me. They didn't want me around. Like they were like, wait, shit, like what did I do now? But I always, you know, I just, I had the toggle between. I was like, wow, it is powerful. It is so powerful to be um, female in a leadership position that understands the value of what needs to show up when. So, you know, as you say that harmony, I I use the term integration, but it's like, it it is an amazing awareness. And then what I had to learn over time was the self-expression language in order to create the appropriate polarity in my intimate relationships because what I was doing in the workplace doesn't necessarily work at yeah. home and the relationships and how I want to show up, you know, in a, in as a, a feminine energy there. And, and so it's just been, I love the topic. So that's why I had to ask the question because I knew you're well-versed in it. <laughs> and yes. I, I appreciate you sharing it because as you work with these other women and you're trying to help them connect with self, I found this was the other question kind of to tie into this is, Um, it's almost conflicting at times when the environment you're working within requires, you believe it requires you to show up a certain way to succeed. And then when you start to learn the truth of who you really are and how you want to show up um, for women to tap into the feminine energy and allow it to rise up in those I would say more stricter environments or conformed environments or environments you were in for a period of time and had to show up a different way. There's a new language you have to learn, I believe. And, um, and I'm curious how, how often you see that um, in, the, in the transformation or the work you've been doing with your clients on, on building the confidence to show up as their authentic selves you know, what have you witnessed when it comes to that type of feminine energy, masculine feminine energy construct? Yes. Uh, yeah, that's a great question. There's, uh, it, it's interesting for me to, uh, cause I have, I have clients who are at big, big name firms, mm-hmm. uh, and very male dominated industries. And, they, it's a process of breaking down their their the, the stories they tell themselves that they believe and uh, getting them connected to their feminine energy because they're leading so much with the with the masculine side and so I do that by helping them with their relationship with self because once they understand that they can rely on their inner guidance that then they start to trust it. It's like, you know, the world's pulling us in 500 different directions on a daily basis. And what I work on them with is like the power that comes when you have a reliable way to access your truth and your clarity. And for me, that comes through this unshakable relationship you have with self, which to me is also really the relationship with, with spirit, with guide, with your own internal guidance. And I call it source, universe, spirit, God, whatever you want to say is fine. Um, but that is the piece. And that in 1995, that was the piece that was missing for me. Yeah. Yeah. And then as you connected to it, you could show up. Yes. In the world, and it's a tra- it's a trap that I myself fell into with you know leading with that masculine energy. Like I just got to make this happen, and I was exhausted, as you said. You know, it was just like I can't keep doing this anymore. Which is one of the reasons that I left my job. It was like I was bringing I was bringing me to work. Uh, you know, I wasn't telling people when I was sitting down in meetings with them and quote unquote coaching them in that environment. Uh, because I was helping people in the, in work in my work 
be happy people in the world. You know, it was like, that's how I ended up coaching because I was like, this is the piece I love. Like I was, I was like, if you're not happy stacking carrots, then let's figure out what makes you happy. Cause you happy on the planet is really more important to me than whether you stay here or not. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Like that meant that's what the piece for me, I was like, I want to do that. That's what I love doing, you yeah. know? And so when I, I was bringing the feminine energy with me to my work, it's just the masculine energy was so habitual that that's what more often showed up than, than the other side, that's this other piece. Yeah. And it's also the system that you were in, you know, yeah. like the, the, these corporate systems, whether we're designing it ourselves or a part of it's, it is a, it has its own value system to align with in order to so-called succeed or perform well or whatever, whatever level of measure they put in place. Yes. Um, and so it, it's an interesting, I think we're in an interesting phase now on uh, females in leadership positions showing up as uh, integrated self right? Mm -hmm. Where it might not necessarily have to lean so hard into the masculine to be successful because that's what was required then. That's all we knew. Like that's all, that's what we were taught. That's what we were shown. And, you know, if you're into um, wanting to be a a self-provider, you had to, you had to mirror your environments in order to be successful. And I think it's shifting now where more environments are showing up with more care, more nurturing, you know, um, mindset and focus. And, uh, and so it's, it's great. It's great to be on the side to help be the conduit, uh, to help these women identify their true identity and still find success and successful environments to be a part of in order to do it their way. Yeah. Yeah. It's why I called my business lead with soul. Yeah. Because I firmly believe that that's where we are headed. You know, and I'm seeing it transition for sure. Uh, but the more women that, sh- that, that don't leave the roles <laughs> that they're in because it's just too much, uh, the more that they can stay, obviously, if it's still aligned, they would stay. But, um, and that can lead in this way. It's, it's a really powerful transition that's going to happen in business. Yeah, it definitely breaks the conformity uh, that's occurring when more authentic leadership shows up and the self-acceptance is that driving factor. Yeah. It's a, it's a beautiful space when you, when you see it done right. Um, Yes. And it's being talked about more now, you know, yeah, um, it wasn't, it it wasn't in the forefront for a long, long time. I've always been in management positions. No matter what job I was doing, it was always like two weeks in, you should maybe you want to be a manager. It was just like, I always gravitated. I was always, up in those roles. And it was the way that I, uh, some things would, people would say things to me, employees. And it wasn't until my ex, uh, husband, I would tell him stories and he would like, if you were a man, they wouldn't say that. (laughs) I would be like, what, what are you talking about? This is just always the way it's been. You know, it was like, I was so used to this is, it's just been this, this is how the response has been or that it, what, it didn't even occur to me that that was happening until the first time he said that. And I was like, what are you talking about? What do you mean? Yeah. (laughs) You know, it was like, oh, and then I started to see. And once that, once he like clicked that light on for me, I was like, Ah, <laughs> yeah, you get I it now. It now. <laughs> yeah, and then you can't unsee it. Yes, exactly. Yeah, it's like yeah. once you wake up, once you're on your spiritual path, you can't really go backwards. No, yes. no. Yeah, I love it. Well, I mean, this has been such an amazing conversation, and and I appreciate you going all the way. The conversation meant to flow. Yes, <laughs> it's really great to speak with someone who is so well versed, not only in in self-management, but, you know, how to actually help leaders, uh, find that for themselves. And because that's where the ripple effect occurs, you know? Uh, So as folks have listened, obviously to this conversation, if they have questions, if they'd like to connect with you, what's the best way to, um, connect or follow you? Uh, my website is kellyreese.com. It's Kelly with an I, R-E-E-S-E. So my contact information is on there. And then um, on Instagram, I'm mostly on Instagram. I'm on Facebook as well, but on Instagram, it's kelly.reese. Beautiful. 
And as we close out today's show, I just want to thank you for being so open and sharing your gifts with me and my listeners. And i like to close with one final question. And that is, how do you define what a badass is? You know, for me, badass really, I equate it with just this fierce connection to self not being afraid to be who you are in all areas of your life. To me, that's someone who's badass. That's beautiful. Well, thank you for joining me today. And thank you uh, for having me. I loved this conversation. (laughs) Yeah, me too. And I I look forward to our relationship growing from here. Yes, me too. (laughs) Thank you for joining me today. Before you move on to the next episode, please post a review or share this episode with someone you think would appreciate it. Your feedback and support mean everything to me. For more information, check out yourbadassjourney.com or kareenwalsh.com. I truly believe everyone is capable of living a badass life. Thank you for listening.